You're listening to Becoming CEO, where we share our journeys as solo founders to becoming the CEO of seven-figure businesses. And these are our behind-the-scenes conversations as we figure it out. And these are things that most people just aren't sharing. So let's talk about trauma. (laughs) (laughs) Be Uh, be more specific, (laughs) if you would. Like... Are you are you where you're at because of some traumatic experience and your this whole journey and trip that you're on is some sort of redemption tour? <laughs> I think so. I mean, traumatic experiences overall, starting from childhood, and I'm exaggerating. My life has not, has not been that traumatic. I'm very fortunate, right. but yeah, I think so. So I was telling I was telling you earlier that we had a client mastermind call yesterday. Client comes on really good guy successful you know like he's you know a little bit later later stage in life than we are my guess would be 50s ish accomplished successful runs a great business like consultant to executives and ceos and um and he had this this kind of complex he said i always feel like i'm chasing the next thing i never feel satisfied i always feel like i want more and more and more and as a result i never feel like i've made it and it's nagging at me so we dug a little bit deeper and turns out, and I didn't know this until the call yesterday, turns out five years ago, he lost everything. There was a very traumatic professional incident with his career. Um, he was dismissed from his job. He lost, he lost everything in his words, money, career, job, like literally just ground zero had to start from scratch. And that's when he decided to build his business and to start his business, started it from scratch, you know, one client after another client after another client. And, and now five years later, he's doing really well, right? Very, he's successful in this, in his words, everyone from the outside looking in thinks, you know, he's got it all successful clients, money, business, etc. But he doesn't feel that way because he constantly mm-hmm. feels like he's trying to escape, um, that previous experience that that's, that's, you know, he never wants to go back to, that situation again, where he's got nothing. <laughs> and I, you know, I, I told him my story is very similar. My, my message to him was <laughs> use that for fuel. You know, I think there's a conversation to be had around feeling satisfied. Like I, the, yeah. I think there is that conversation for sure. Like I'm not, I'm not neglecting or negating that, but I think there's also, you know, an element here of those experiences create fuel they create motivation that you can use towards productive ends so my story is early in my career i had a i had a job at a consulting firm and this consulting firm made every mistake in the book (laughs) it was like terrible positioning right offer was all over the place no real semblance of a target market um and you know, the, the, the story is that we'd walk into, we'd walk into the room with a prospect and prospect would go, can you help us with this? And we go, yeah, we do that. And they go, what about this? Yeah, we do that too. Right? Like if they had a need, we had a solution apparently. And then we'd make it up. Right. And it was a, it was a disaster of a run and lo and behold, like they the, had massive. Sounds like the trap of all service providers in the early days. <laughs> it, was, it was why I teach what I teach, right? Like that yeah. experience shaped my entire view on the consulting business. Mm-hmm. And so lo and behold, they have cash flow problems eventually, not a big surprise now in retrospect. And, and I personally had to go and, you know, I'm like now late twenties, have a child. I had to go and borrow money from my parents to keep myself afloat, which was super embarrassing for a bunch of reasons. Um, one of them being, my parents told me never take that job. 
Because <laughs> I thought it was too risky. And lo and behold, I wouldn't, I mean, I would say they were right. It was risky. I don't regret it because it, it set up where I went from there. And that was mm-hmm. my point to this client was that entire experience, as traumatic as it was, I literally built my business on the back of that. All those lessons I learned, I now teach clients the opposite. Right. Yeah. It's like, yeah. that's literally what I teach is the opposite of what we did. And, and I have the, the, the battle scars that I've mm-hmm. I lived through that experience to show for it. I speak from, you know, from like real genuine experience when I teach my clients, they know I've been there before. Right. And so my message was Stephen Seibold says, right. Every setback is a setup. We don't always know it in the moment. It, it feels mm-hmm. when you're going through it, it sucks. I remember it sucked. If I had known back then that 10 years from now, I'd be where I am today, you know, partially on the back of that experience would have been easier to get through. Right. So yes, trauma. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, obviously I I think like your situation and how you described it um, is definitely different, like a little bit different to me than, than your client. Right. Like, um, I think there's like a level of self-awareness that, I mean, if you're growth minded, the number of times you're going to have that moment where you feel like there's a set back that is setting you up for the next thing. I think it's, it happens a, a lot. I mean, like even on the path to a million, I feel like that has happened. And I feel like, you know, trying to get to three right now, like there's multiple setbacks and it's like, I know that all of this is, you know, making me make decisions and think a different way and maybe make different moves or move slower or move faster, whatever the exact situation might be uh, across different parts of the business, et cetera, that like are just positioning me to cross that, you know, next, that next quote unquote level of, of revenue. Um, and I guess for me, and I don't, maybe not for, maybe for you, what I'm sensing is like, I don't sense like the fear from you. Um, at least having known you, um, obviously I don't know this person, but like, which, like, I'm confident in my ability that if I lost everything today, that I would be fine. Like I've reinvented myself three times. Um, like, I mean, fundamentally, like I know what I need to survive and even provide for my family in addition to what my wife contributes. And it's like, if I were, if I had to go back to solo, like it'd probably be easier. Like in many ways, it's like, you know, the, the analogy, I think we've talked about it before, like the higher you climb up the mountain, you know, it gets harder and harder to breathe. But like when you come back down that, you know, below altitude, it's like, oh my God, like I can breathe so easy down here. Um, not that I want to go back and, and do that, but like if I had to, like if my back was against the wall, um, I feel like I could fig- figure it out with what I know. Um, I'm not sure it sounds to me like so healthy to be like, the way that he articulated it. And obviously I'm hearing it through, you know, a game of telephone, but like, uh, that said, I think all of us as entrepreneurs, again, if you're growth minded, uh, I think it's, I think it's good to have a little bit of a chip on your shoulder. Um, if that's truly what he's describing, like that's the first thing that came to my mind. I'm like, because like, I want more, um, do I have any reason to want more other than wanting more? No. And I think that's totally okay because no one can tell me why I should want what I want. <laughs> uh, 
And it maybe it is for a little bit of an ego. Um, and cool. Once I get there, then I can decide if it was worth it or not. <laughs> but like until I get there, I have no idea. So like I want it, and that's more than what I'm at. And I think one of the one of the quotes that I just heard recently that I really uh, kind of thought through when you when you were telling me that story is like. Um, it was actually told to me from the perspective of like retention with clients. Like when a client can't see any, when a client runs out of future with you, they leave. As long as you keep showing them what the future can be, then the more likelihood that they will stay. And I think that's when we get stuck, right? Like I remember when I first crossed the million mark, it's like, like some of my mentors were like, well, what's next? And like, I hadn't thought about what was next. Like I didn't have the next vision and we, we stagnated like until I was like, all right, now I'm in growth mode again. Cause I know where we're going. And then we started growing. It's like, you need something to aim for. And if you don't, you flatline. And so maybe that's where he's coming from. He's like, I feel like I have to have something that I'm aiming towards or else there's more likelihood that I'll, I'll drift backwards. But that's that's how I heard it. I'm very conflicted right now because on the one hand, I agree with what you're saying. Like, and, I, and we have this conversation with with the client. Uh, I'm going to call him David because that's his name. <laughs> We're not going to mention his <laughs> last name. <laughs> I feel like that's such a generic name that I would use anyways, right? So it's yeah, totally yeah. fine. We're going to go with David. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we... we my message to him in part, there were a few things that we talked about was it's okay if you want more, like you don't need to explain it. You don't need, yeah. you know, and I asked him like, have you ever felt like, have you ever made decisions in the past based on your gut, your intuition, your instinct without a lot of rational explanation for it? And the answer was yes. And has that worked out for you? And the answer was yes. And that's true for a lot of us, right? Like there's a, there's a gut feeling there's an instinct, there's an intuition that's pointing you in a direction and you don't always know why it's pointing you there, but you know, it's pointing you there. And then you, the more you follow that, I firmly believe the more you follow that, yeah. the better off you're going to be, the more you ignore it, the, the, the worse off you're going to be. And th I think this is one of those moments for him where he's just, he just feels like he needs to keep going and he doesn't understand why, because from the outside looking in, he's got it all. He doesn't understand why he wants more. And my message to him was, you don't need to understand why trust your gut. Trust your intuition, trust your instinct, and go. Yeah. You don't well, and who cares? And who cares if other people think you have it all if you don't think you have it all? I mean, and or, and not, and not that having it all is the goal, right? But like, if you feel like you don't have something that you are striving for, then yeah, you're going to keep going. Even if other people think you probably have everything that you could need, like, who cares what those people think? Like, you know, and who cares I think what it looks like from the outside. I mean, a lot of people think that both of us are, you know, from the outside, our lives probably look really good. And like most of these conversations are like, oh my God, my, um, my, my bank account is bleeding or like struggling for profit or like dealing with this fire drill or like, I mean, it's always, oh, it's always nicer on the outside from the outside. Well, look, I think that the challenge with, with being an entrepreneur is you've got to be able to balance gratitude with a desire for more like th those two ideas can coexist and i think this is where people struggle like this david mm. struggles with that because it yeah. almost feels ungrateful to want more it, it doesn't have to like you can be grateful for what you have 
instill desire to, to get to the next level. And, that, and that's okay. Yep. I agree with that. I'm trying to think, I'm trying to search the quote right now. Uh, there's a quote from Naval on this that I really like, or in this vein, I'll find it. It's in one of my notes here, but, um, I mean, did he, did he say it from a place of like, I feel like that situation could be like, there's a, a place where I could see myself saying this is healthy. And there's a place where I feel like I could see myself saying, eh, this sounds unhealthy. Yeah, <clears throat> I agree. And, uh, and there's a whole other conversation to be had here around where you draw your feelings of safety and security from. Cause that's really what mm -hmm. it came what it came down to for him and, and for a lot of people, myself included, he obviously felt unsafe and insecure when he went through that crisis five years ago. And now that he has all the things like he has, he has the money, he has the business, he has the career, he has all those things. He still feels unsafe and insecure. And there's a conversation to be had there, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Cause we're, <clears throat> Everybody, I mean, I'm certainly guilty of this. And a lot of people are guilty of this. Yeah. We draw our safety and our security from things like revenue, mm -hmm. things like cash in the bank, right? And when cash goes below a certain number, we feel unsafe and insecure, <laughs> mm -hmm. right? When, and everyone has when a my, number, when, my, right? when When the sales team's close rate goes down, there are certain feelings that start to, to come there's, out. There's a panic, right? There's an insecurity. Yeah. There's a what's going to happen. There's a catastrophizing right. in your mind that, that goes on, right? Whereas, you know, to me, like the only stable source of safety and security is one higher power, if you believe in higher power, right? Call that God, call it whatever you want. Like that's the ultimate source of stability and security. And then two is you. Like to your point, like you believe in yourself ultimately. And that if something happened and you had to rebuild or, you know, find something else to do or, you know, find another way to make money, you would do it. Yeah. I mean, you I believe think in like, yourself. Uh, the, and, and maybe I'm naive to think this, but like, if I had to, I'm pretty confident I can go get a pretty good paying job. You know, like worse comes to worse. Like, what I've been able to accomplish and the skills that I have and what I've learned, like if, if not that I would want to, like that would be my first move. But like, if I really had to like, and not to say that that's safe or even secure, cause I don't believe entrepreneurship and or having a job. I don't think one's more safe than the other. Um, but like, like when I think of like, okay, I'm not going to die. Right. So like at some point, I'd have to bite the bullet and get some sort of job like, and yeah, maybe I'm gonna, have, maybe I'd have to swallow my pride depending upon what job that is. But like, if it comes down to that and it's like about, you know, putting food on the table, like, like to me, like, that's like, when I think of like the worst, like, and that's not even the worst, like the worst, like getting a job isn't even the worst. It's like, okay, death, like that's probably the worst, you know, being homeless would be probably down there as well. Like, and I'm like, I, I guess I can't see a place where that would happen, um, you know, knock on wood, uh, that I'm like, okay, like, no, hey, if, if life hands me that, that card and I got to reinvent and figure myself, figure things out, like, I'll do it. Like, it'll happen. 
because I mean, I won't really have any other choice, (laughs) you know? So here's the thing. I think that's, that's not even, that's not even the worst case scenario because look, realistically it's, 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 you know, kind of comical for like you and me to be talking about worst case scenarios and what would happen. Like we're like, you're using like $700 microphones right now. And, Seven hundred dollars headset. Two fifty, right? two, like, two, two, bro. Two fifty. Yeah, like it's it, well, what it, it's it's kind of a joke, right? Like, yeah, it's, the worst case scenario for us, and we're fortunate, right? Is not 100%. that bad. Like, families yeah. aren't going to go hungry. Both very capable. We have great experience. So we'll land on our own two feet. Does hope it doesn't come to that, but you know, if push came to shove, we'd be fine. The real pain of that would be the emotional pain. It would be the the feeling of failure. That would be the pain, don't you think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, that quote that I found, it was from Naval Ravikant, because you used the word desire, and that's what triggered it for me um, with, I think, David is his real slash fake name. Um, desire, is, desire is a contract you make with yourself to be unhappy until you get what you want. Desire is a contract you make with yourself to be unhappy until you get what you want. And so like, when I read that, I'm like... Uh, I mean, again, I could probably look at that through the lens of that's really healthy. Like, like I, like I need to be unsatisfied with something to go do something about it. Right. I think a lot of people don't have more because they're complacent and satisfied with what they have. And if that's cool with them, cool. But like, if I, if I'm ever in a point where I'm like, I'm unsatisfied with something, then yeah, I'm basically tricking myself and saying, I need to get to there or I want to get to there. That basically is me saying that where I'm at right now is not good enough. Which is a problem because I mean, does that, I guess for some people, it means they probably won't be like, they probably don't express the gratitude for being in that moment. Mm. Um, and like being happy with what they have versus like, if I, I think if you can't balance those, uh, I heard someone say like entrepreneurship is, um, a game of like being grateful for everything you've have and, ha- and have accomplished, but being unsatisfied with how fast you're getting to where you want to get to. Mm, I love that. Yeah. I, f- I forget who said that. I might be a Dan Sullivan thing. Um, but I'll give it to him. Uh, so like, and I, I think that's the way that I would rephrase what Naval said, where I feel like, okay, it's like, you got to be grateful with where you're at and be able to enjoy the process and where you're at. Because if you're always unhappy, then that's not good either. <laughs> like, but you just, well, if you're unsatisfied say about with you? the speed in which you get there, then okay, cool. Like, okay, I'm not where I want to be, but like, hell, I mean, I've come a really long way from where I was and I'm pretty stoked about that. And I'm happy about that, the, the friendships of, and I can enjoy that, uh, which I think that piece is kind of left out of that Naval quote. Um, so if this person is just constantly unhappy, then I would say, yeah, something we need to like have that not be the only anchor that you measure upon. Um, you need to have something or else like you're going to always live this way. Like, do you want to always feel this way? Like that, that sounds horrible. Um, like, so I don't know. And if you're constantly dissatisfied, then after a while you run out of people and things and circumstances to blame. Right? And that's mm-hmm. kind of a, you know, that's kind of a, a common trait of the dissatisfied, right? There's always something to blame. It's the market, it's the economy, it's the government, it's the taxes, it's the this, that, and the other, right? Oh, yeah. And after a while, the only logical conclusion for your dissatisfaction or lack of results is that you suck. <laughs> mm. 
Yeah. Like that's the logical inclusion. Dude. If you're always dissatisfied, I guess you suck. Yeah. Right. So the flip side is, and I completely agree is, you know, you got to be grateful for the journey, for the progress. Dan Sullivan calls it the gap versus the gain, right? There's gain. I was just, I'm re-listening to that right now, actually. Yeah. You were audible. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. There's gain. You've made progress, right? And you've got to be able to look back on that progress and be grateful for it and proud of the achievement and and feel good about the progress you made. And you can still want to go further. And the timeline is going to, you know, this is the thing you got to negotiate. I have a mantra that I share with my clients. I don't know where I got it. Like, I feel like I might've ripped it off of somebody subconsciously. Right. But I kind of use my own language, you know, but then again, that's marketing, right? Yeah. So anyhow, the mantra is this commitment to the why. Focus mm-hmm. on the what and detachment from the when. In fact, one yeah. of my clients framed that for, for me and put it behind me. Uh, nice. Commitment to the why, focus on the what, detachment from the when. Right. Committing to why you want to do the thing, right? The business, the growth, whatever, right? Yeah. Have your reasons. Focus on execution to do it, right? Yeah. Put it out there. Mm-hmm. But detach from the when because there's so many things that can delay progress. You know, the, the gap between cause and effect is a real gap and things don't just happen immediately. And yeah. the moment you get impatient on the when the effect is the moment you take your foot off the gas and you further delay the effect. Mm-hmm. You know, we teach our clients that the best way to create consistency in the lag indicators is to create consistency in the lead indicators. But if you're too impatient to let the lag indicators follow through, you take your foot off the gas at the lead indicators, you're going to create more volatility, more inconsistency in the lag. Yeah. So detachment from the one, I mean, I completely agree is that's in business. I mean, one of the biggest secrets right there. Yeah. To extend the horizon. That's like the language that I've always heard it from is like, like, and I actually think our generation and I guess younger generation, because we have, we have grays, um, like they want everything like in 90 days. Like I want to, and I mean, people in our space definitely have facilitated some of this, but like, I need a million dollar business in 90 days, which like for the most part, 99% of the people is that never going to happen. But it's like, okay, well, what if, what if you had an, in, in three to five years, you had a million dollar business. Like, does that take any of the pressure off? Like, cause it should, <laughs> right? Like there yeah. should be less anxiety, less stress, less weight on your shoulders of you have now a three to five year runway to hit this goal, which by the way is like the average, at least in the United States for, for businesses that do cross a million is like three, three years. Um, is that so, it really? like, yeah, like if you hit a million, it's usually like the average is like three and a half ish years. Last, last time I checked when I was in that entrepreneurs is, that is organization, on. that is spot on with my experience, by the way. Yeah. Like that timeline, uh, when I was in entrepreneurs organization, um, they had EO, which is, for a million dollar plus businesses. And then they launched their accelerator program. And they said, when I enrolled, you had to be between two fifty and a million. And they go, uh, you have to, in order to join, you have to want to get to a million and, uh, you have three years to get there or else you're removed from the program. (laughs) Because if you're, if you're going to get there, it's going to take about three years. Um, and so like, let's go. Like, this is a three-year program. And like, I mean, honestly, like when I think about our academy program, which like people come in and we're like, Hey, we're gonna help you scale to hundred K months. This is a three-year program with a one-year commitment. Like, because like you got to give it at least a year to get some real, real progress there. But like, if you're really committed, like you got to be looking at this as like a, as like a a multi-year journey because no one's going to build that 
and then be like, all right, I'm good. Like, and it just magically stays that way forever. Like, you know, you gotta, you gotta sustain. Um, so yeah, extend the horizons is definitely like the ultimate, the ultimate hack uh, on that. Um, but is so, but I mean, I'm going to pry on David's life real quick as we maybe wind this down, but like, is he married? Does he have kids? Like, I haven't heard that come up yet. Like, is he missing another part of his life that could be providing happiness? Like, is he all business all the time? Yeah, we didn't go that deep. And I don't, I don't yeah. know, to be honest, but it's a fair question. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because I think that's also a challenge, too, is like, um, I heard this guy, James Wedmore, say this. He's like, uh, it's not your business's responsibility to make you happy. Yeah. Like, like your your business has its own needs. And sometimes you and your team giving the business what it needs is probably going to be the opposite of what makes you happy because it's going to be hard. It's going to hurt. Uh, it's going to be tough. Uh, but like the business needs that. And if you want the business to grow, you need, you need to give the business what it needs. And it's not about your happiness. And, and then somebody's like, go find a hobby, right? Which we've, you know, we've talked about on, on previous episodes. Like, um, I mean, I just came back from a four day mountain biking trip and like, I mean, just being away, I mean, I, of course I thought about business a little bit, but like, I mean, just super refreshed. And like, that was such a fun experience that like, like I can get tons of enjoy out of that, even though the business is like not exactly where I want to be. It's not like my happiness is dependent upon the business's success. And if, I think that's again, back to the, like, is this healthy? Is this unhealthy? If you don't have some of those other things, yeah, I can see how it can be unhealthy. Um, and he might just need to go find a hobby or find love if he doesn't have it, you know, whatever that oh, is. Totally. Yeah. But I do think that, I mean, that's helpful for those that have it. Uh, it's, you know, I think sometimes the thing that maybe even but when you think of gratitude, right? Like probably the first thing both of us are grateful for is like our families, like, and our spouses, you know, like we would not be here and like our, the love of our children. Like, I mean, that's like, it could be so bad. And I could just like go look at my daughter and be like, it's not that bad. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, so and e even practically, like, and, and we talk a lot about family, but again, if you're listening and you don't have, you know, family, this is not the only source of happiness, right? Like, we're, it's yeah. certainly a big part of our lives, but you know, like insert, you know, your, your, your passion hobby of choice. But you know, for me, even practically, like just having stuff to do after work with the kids, we're just winding down on hockey season right now. My family's really into hockey. My girls all play, right? I'm at the rink like every night coming up now it's the time of this recording it's april it's tryout season for next year's hockey teams right we're going to be in tryouts mm -hmm. we're doing lots of training right so every yeah. night like i'm working with the girls we're going out to the rink they're in practices like i'm i'm engaged not in business and i can't mm -hmm. tell you how helpful that is for business for sure because if i had yeah, to think yeah. about this stuff all the time i'd lose my mind yeah you know? so yeah i mean the the, the distraction and just the ability to focus on other things outside of business, you know, kind of like your mountain biking trip, right? It creates a new energy for the business when you come back to it. Yeah, I think, and not to, this maybe is another topic that we may, I don't know if we really covered, but like, uh, this just reminds me of the book, Willpower Doesn't Work. Like, sometimes you need to have a forcing function that kind of gives you that push, right? Like, for me, like, I didn't have the, the story of like, I got fired um, or anything or got let go. I actually... Uh, sold my house, quit my job and proposed to Sarah like in a matter of three months and like with kind of no plan, 
um, because I knew I wasn't happy. And it's like, okay, well, I sold this house. That gives me you know, a certain amount of money as my safety net. And I was making a little bit of money on the side because I knew I was like, I was kind of doing something, like I was making something, but like I didn't really know where that was gonna go. And like to me, that was like a way in which I put my back against the wall to have to figure it out. Um, And so maybe David is like, that's his mantra or what he tells himself as a means to put his back against the wall, which again, like environment, like if that's how you position your back against the wall, because that's where you get the most out of yourself. Like I'm all for that. I think sometimes we need to do that. Um, but I also don't think if that's, I don't think that can be the way that I don't think, I guess, I don't know. I don't think that's sustainable from the angle that I heard it from him. Like, cause I can't just constantly keep selling my house and like, you know, putting everything on the line to, to, to see what I got, like to see if I can get there because there's there's other things that I have to mitigate some risk now. Um, you well, know, there's but, crossroads. There's crossroads in life, right? And when you're at those crossroads right. and you want to make a change, I think is where he's at, then you can do that. But certainly it's not sustainable to be there all the time. That level of intensity isn't healthy to be at that level all the time. Yeah. I mean, two years ago, there's a lot of people that literally had to start over from scratch, right? Like we have clients that came to us that their entire business got wiped out and they're like, I got to figure this out. I have no other option because my business ain't coming back anytime soon. You know, it's like, there's going to be those moments in life that like you can't control where you're going to be like, all right, I'm tested. Um, and then there's, I think certain ways that you can simulate that to kind of see what sort of, you know, what potential are you operating at? Like, are you only at, and I think that's actually where the sat- the unsatisfaction for me comes from. Like, I know that I'm nowhere close to like operating at my full potential. Um, and like, that's part of like my drive is like, okay, what does me at my best actually look like? Cause I don't think I've seen it yet. <laughs> you know, uh, I'm pretty close. So, <laughs> I mean, you are, I mean, I mean, you are, I'm just kidding. Uh, maybe it's just, maybe, that maybe, just me? That maybe, maybe, maybe my level of standard is a little bit higher than yours. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, well, I hope like, yeah, I think, I think I think I've about made it. It's time to just sit yeah. back and relax. This is so. Then the you definitely time. have you definitely have the advice to to uh, to give to David. You know, what does it feel like to have made it, Ahmed? I mean, tell us. I'll let you know when I get there. You want to bring us home? Uh, I mean, yeah. I think I, if you're the people that are listening to this podcast, uh, I'd say like, I don't know if you're ever going to feel like you've made it. And I'm not sure that that's what you should be aiming for, uh, in my opinion. Um, I do think you should seek environments that challenge you to be better. Um, I don't think you should punish yourself for wanting more just because. Um, And or chase more just because someone else, or be satisfied with what you have just because someone else is saying that it looks like you got everything that you need. Like because that's your decision to be made. Um, but if you are in an unhealthy spot, like, you know, relying on trauma in order to survive, uh, I would say definitely put yourself around some folks that maybe operate a little bit differently, um, and get, and get some help on that. (laughs) And please don't go out and seek out trauma. That's certainly not the lesson. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, don't don't go yeah. try to find yourself yeah. like find traumatic circumstances. That's not. I hope my son is listening to, to this because it seems like five year olds all they do is seek out traumatic experiences. <laughs> five year old boys are just constantly trying to hurt themselves. 
Awesome. Good chatting today, Greg. See you next time. All right, man. Take it easy.